I like to be pure, be open, be curious at heart and stay open, willing to put your mind on the lead mode because we don't need to know. All we need is a strong vision, great access to people that share the same values, beliefs about abundant futures and the opportunities that will unfold if you trust the path. A wise man once said, A wise man once said, The best way to predict the future is to create it. You are about to experience a next level show. Scientists, entrepreneurs, thought leaders. You're listening to the Future of Humanity podcast. Welcome to the show. If you are joining us for the first time, let me introduce myself. I am your host, Carl Taylor. Now, if you're an old friend and you've joined us for previous episodes, then welcome back. I'm so pleased to have you join us for another episode of Future of Humanity. Today, we are joined by T. Hien Nguyen, and Hien's bio says that she is empowering entrepreneurs to achieve multidimensional health while impacting the future of humanity through longevity, space, high-tech, future and innovation. So what exactly does that mean? Well, Hien provides a personal training and health longevity service through her high performance center. She also consults personally to various businesses and she runs a non-profit space company called The Future Humanity. Now, Hien and I share a background in having done a lot of personal development and being coaches ourselves. We touch on some of this a bit in the episode. Uh, in fact, actually, it was a friend of ours, a mutual friend, friend who connected us and told us that I should get Hien on the show. Now, Hien also speaks three languages and English is not her native language. So it is a great privilege that she's come on to do this podcast episode in English. So what are we talking about? In this episode, we cover a wide variety of topics. We talk about space travel and becoming an interplanetary species. We talk about flying cars. We talk a little bit about some spirituality aspects. And more importantly, we talk about what you and we can all do to level up up and bring about a better future. So let's get straight into the episode. I'm super excited for today. We're joined by Hien Nguyen. And Hien, you were just saying a minute ago that when you think about the future, you kind of go through a dreaming-like process. Can you explain that process and kind of how you use that to think about the future? I visualize like a scenario plotting. It's a way to approach the future by telling a set of stories about what is happening right now to humanity, what might happen and what we wanted it to happen. So these stories imagine the future based upon predetermined elements and uncertainties in order to influence present actions. You know, so I'm in very inspired by obviously science fiction stories, influencing human dreams, ideas, thoughts and intentions and actions for the future of space and also honoring our past, our multi-generations that came before us that built the big cathedrals and the, the pyramids. Scenaria are, I, I also retrocast into the future. What can I do now in 2018 to make an impact in uh, 20 years from now? Because life that it will be in 20 years will be totally different as we experience now. Well, how can I impact from my inner space, how can I leave the legacy 
in a thousand years from now, what can I do now to make a difference? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we share a similar goal there, right? Um, we were just talking about that before we started this episode. And I mean, you are very much involved in the world, in particular of space. Uh, you, you're very interested in, in the area of space when it comes to, to the future of humanity. Uh, you were recently just speaking at an event in Italy. Can you tell us a bit about that? What was the event and, and what were you speaking about? It's a space app conference. There's a, it's casual talk where uh, space enthusiasts get the opportunity to meet from around the world and get to connect and have access, in fact, with the uh, uh, space industry, with a space engineer, the aerospace and scientists. So uh, the lesson for me was obviously we as entrepreneurs, uh, all that matters is to have the vision, not necessarily needing the PhD to your name. All you need in this rapid evolution of all times that we're currently uh, sharing space with is that it's no more enough to have a purpose. Um, it is uh, utmost important that um, we have a, a vision that is so big that it will naturally pull us towards something that we want to leave a legacy towards uh, to it. So hang, having access to people that join the rocket is the fastest way you uh, can make the impact because you will level up to their standards. And spending time with young students was an amazing experience. I always like to be uh, that contribute with a purity, with a as opposed to being somebody calling myself, okay, I'm the entrepreneur. If I'm the entrepreneur, I'm only an entrepreneur. So walking into the room with a absolute uh, purity and uh, being able to uh, then make make a difference. Yeah, that's great. I mean, there are there are a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast, and I'm sure many of them, myself included, have had that thought of going, well, you know, there's all these amazing things happening. I'm an entrepreneur. I'd like to be involved. I'd like to do something, but how, how can I get involved or what can I do? I don't have that PhD. I don't have those skill sets. I think that's, that's a great realization that you don't have to have that. We just need to get around those people and, and bring our skill set to the table. You could easily use this as an excuse not to implement on your vision, right? You mm -hmm. could say, okay, I'm the only one that has no title in front of my name. And you could say, okay, I feel quite inadequate. No, the future belongs to those that dare to uh, uh, stand tall, be ruthfully real about their situation and go and play full out uh, uh, with their dreams. Knowledge is not the problem. Like uh, the more diverse the environment is, the more interesting they'll be become to come together eventually and uh, make the future abundant for humankind, for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. The conference had numerous different people speaking from, uh, I think there was a, a physicist I saw you'd interviewed. There was uh, some of you, you shared some of the clips on your Facebook, which was great. What were you particularly uh, talking about? What was your topic? My, my tra massive transformative purpose is I'm the inspiring influencer in influence the future of humanity on and off by teaching and educating, providing resources of exponential technologies and 
innovation. The moonshot is to impact a billion lives, to be bluntly inspiring people to uh, travel multi-planetary. So we had a futuristic overview of space. Absolutely. And, and so when, when we're talking becoming a multi-planetary species, which is something that Elon Musk talks about and you know, many scientists have spoken about, why do you think it's important or why, why is that a goal that you think us as humanity should have to become multi-planetary? Start asking questions. So this is the same question that I asked myself. Why is it that humanity feels the push to go? Or do we feel a cosmic pull from space? And where is my role? Where are we currently at? What challenges are we facing? Where are we heading to? And the fact is that we are living in the most rapid change of events in the history of humanity. Everyone heard about technology and so forth and, and, and evolution and the coaching industry talks about frequencies evolving. But what is behind all of this? Why are we moving so fast? Is this just technology or is there maybe a spiritual cause? And is technology related with uh, spirituality? Because we, at the end, we are from the same source. And without technology, it's not going to be possible for us to reach among the stars. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, this is an interesting question. I've thought about this too, is what is, why are we in such a rapid transformative time? I mean, yes, we've had times throughout history that we have transitioned, but I truly believe that we are right now in, in one of the biggest transformations in our history. And it might not be the last. We're sure we'll have, hopefully we'll have many more, but. I've wondered, you know, is it a purely a technological thing? Is there a consciousness element to it from a, you, whether you want to call it a spiritual element or, or, or whatever your persuasion may be there? But what is it that's kind of culminated us to this point where we're at this tipping point? Is it just purely a population issue? I mean, one of our recent episodes was with uh, Dr. Mel Hart and she was talking about the challenge we have of uh, 7.6 billion people on the planet right now. And she was saying that they estimates say that the planet can really only should be sustaining about 2 billion people. And so, I mean, if that's not a, a reason that we should probably become multi-planetary, I, I don't know what else is, but it's a fascinating question. We are always evolving, any species, right? Uh, we're always moving. If you ever spent your time talking, interviewing with astronauts and scientists, if you spoke to astronauts, when you view... Uh, the, our beautiful blue pallid up planet from out there, you look down, you see no borders, you see no religions, you see no beliefs, you may see some big city lights, but you can see that the planet is almost literally hanging on strings. I believe we are, we're just naturally evolving as a civilization. As if you may have read the book, uh, The Future of Humanity from Mikio Kaku, I highly recommend. Uh, he talks about uh, that humanity is currently about we are there are three, four, depending on which uh, source you're reading, uh, different stages of civilizations. Humanity is currently at stage zero. We are planetary, and stage one, I think, is going to become exoplanet, and uh, stage two would be like a Star Trek. Stage three would be like a Star Wars. We are totally intergalactic. Yeah, is it a necessity for us to go to planetary, like Carl Sagan says? If the uh, dinosaurs had a space program, would they still be around? 
it was like a small size of a steroid, right? Yeah, the, the asteroid, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that um, the late Stephen Hawking used to talk about as well, like why we had to become multiplanetary, because there's just too much of a uh, a risk. I mean, in business, we all know this. For anyone who's a business owner knows it's about managing risk. And right now, and you, and the biggest risk is is number one. And right now, we're single planetary species, meaning if something happens to this planet, human caused or not, that's that one thing that disappears. What causes it? And I always believe in uh, going back to source. You know, going really deep. It has always a meaningful purpose. Uh, it's not like we go to space for. Uh, eventually need the, the endorphin rush, you know. Some maybe the private sector will open up to uh, obviously being a space tourist for, for fun, you know. But I, I truly believe, um, since I personally, in the process of applying to go to space, this is for me not like saying, okay, I need the endorphin rush. My life is boring. No, this is just, I got to experience it. And uh, I gotta go and experience. Uh, I'm. I'll be better to teach it. I'll be I better. Be. A, 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 I will be a bit a social entrepreneur. You know, we learn through experience, and I think this is very important that we really create strong uh, communities because there's. We're not gonna go there on our own. One has to path uh, the way like a hiker. He, he paths the way and for others to make it easier and accessible for them. Because when we start this, uh, this travel, uh, obviously it's only for the wealthy one. And I would like to envision that it's accessible for everyone. Well, you touched on a couple of things there that I want to, I want to come to. And the first one, I think you talked about the, this commercialization of, of space from a tourism point of view. And I mean, I want to know, do you think that that's an important step for while yes it might be people looking for thrills and endorphin rushes do you think it's an important step to make the longer vision of us becoming multi-planetary and because the investment the private investment into that tourism industry ultimately in the current capitalist society is going to mean that that fuels more investment in technology that improves it's the same you know the your phone that you have in your palm was designed for astronauts the information that you, we are currently having in the palm of your hand was only accessible for president. And remember how huge the first cell phone was, uh, first actually computer, almost mm. the size of a helicopter, right? So everything is uh, going through, uh, you know, first it's very deceptive, the progress, if it's something new and never explored before. And that's why human humanity is, Always, you stay curious at heart. You will make and find a way how to make the impossible possible as long as you believe that I am the possibility. Because when you come from a state of uh, imagination, purity, playfulness, this is this is one presentation that the scientist um, uh, that you were pointing to, uh, an Italian scientist, Albert Einstein had the vision that we are uh, that in his general relativity theory, when two black holes crash, that it will create gravitational waves. So for a layman, it's pretty much like you're throwing a rock on the on the river, and it creates those waves. Those are gravitation waves. Mm-hmm. And Albert Einstein did not have the technology. All he had was a pen and a paper, and going totally in, into, into his inner space of the playful child, and he came up with uh, this theory where no one believed. No one could prove, only he could believe. And 100 years later, only two years now, we are able to prove 
his theory with the help of infarometers, mm-hmm. two of them, one in the United States, one in Italy. How amazing is this? How 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 crazy is this? So this is where I I, I talk about you know purpose is no more enough. The self development industry, you all mean good and well, but come on, level up, level up your leadership. Mm-hmm. Think more than just being a coach and take on more roles. How do I have to change to make a bigger impact? Because we all want to help. But how can we change from being somebody, as yourself saying, you know, I'm a marketer, and all of a sudden you're sitting here and making the impact for the future of humanity, probably for your future grandchildren. Absolutely. I mean, that that's the goal. And we come from a similar background, right? In the personal development world, coaching, we, we both have that similar background. Obviously, at least you and I have found felt a calling uh, to higher than that. I like that. I like what you're saying of, of level up in the personal development world. It's, I think a lot of that comes down to what we were talking about before is, well, I've wondered about, well, yeah, there's a technological side of it, but there must be a consciousness side of, of what's happening as, as we as a society are becoming more self-aware and not just self-aware, community aware. And, and the morality, I suppose, is, is moving to a more community-based, I suppose, moving back to, if you think back into the history, we were, we were quite community-based. Capitalism has kind of sent us more on a path of, you know, the individual, the ownership of assets, mine, what's mine is mine, and, you know, what's yours is yours. And there is a trend, at least I see it, uh, that we are moving more into a back into, you know, open source and we're moving into community of, you know, Facebook has probably helped, but we're far more community driven again. And I think that might be part of what's happening here. It's said that community is a new currency. Yes. Mm. We used to live in tribes. Women used to gather together. You know, if you are a BS in any form or shape, you, you've been caught standing there. You will burn your feet over fire. People know that you lied in the tribal tribes, you know. You know, Tony Robbins, the fire walk. In the tribal, if you burn yourself. I think the consciousness, when you as an individual raise your frequency and your consciousness, when you go from being somebody and, uh, you know, the universe, we are all living together in this one universe, meaning one where we experience through our five senses, objects, people, places. You think I'm real here through your cardboard. We get to ex- experience uh, through the three-dimensional world. Yeah. But what if, since my background is um, a body worker, uh, the health and fitness industry, what if I am not my body? Then I transition. And I started to notice that I, the least I do, like yourself, you automated everything. The least I do, the better my results started to become. What happens here? What happened? How do people heal just in my presence from a first consultation? Maybe just one word that I'm saying. What, what is happening here? Started to ask question. If I'm not my body as a personal trainer, it's all about the three dimensional. You know, your lower uh, root chakra, your uh, solar plexus, right? Uh, the lower third chakra, which are correlated to uh, the survival mechanism, right? You know, most of humanity is operating just from there. We are closed up there, up from our heart. And that's where the true leadership of compassion comes in and kindness. This is the leadership that we currently need, the leadership of benevolence, of heart-centeredness, of truth. When the heart stays open, you have no choice than just to do good. 
And it's so common in entrepreneurs that they get high blood pressure, right? Because they control, they do all mind and tasks to do's all day and have neglected their body. Like, you know, Steve Jobs and, you know, you have neglected their body. All he wanted at his deathbed was connection and health. And, but I asked the question, okay, who am I if I'm not in my body? Of course, you can, every, anyone can get there by uh, sitting down and meditating. And I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that we, we've gotten onto this topic because there is talk that, you know, the more scientists start to study some of these, these things that has been traditionally, uh, I'm going to quote my fingers, go quote unquote woo woo, uh, that the more we have started to study the universe and understand things on a quantum level, that there has started to be evidence of some of these things being possible. I'm personally a bit on the fence. I'm a fence sitter as to how spiritual I get on that side of things. But it is interesting that, do you think that this is going to be a trend in the future that we're going to see far more? I mean, you're, you're into longevity and the body. And, and do you think this is a trend we're going to see that more scientific evidence is going to come out to show that these areas that have been traditionally seen as a bit woo-woo and spiritual will have a scientific basis? It already is science, you know, everything is frequency. If my thoughts that come from the brain and subconsciously, you know, whatever word I create into this out there, I will create as my reality, but I'm willing to give up every day my personality because my personality doesn't determine my personal reality. When I'm not my body, I give you an everyday example. I went to the airport, the wrong airport. Uh, had only an hour to get to the right airport. So 130 kilometers in an hour, Frankfurt main airport traffic is quite a challenge. So at that moment, I could say the old version of me goes into an impatient or say I had the choice between it's not going to work out or I'm going to make it happen. Because logically, in the three-dimensional universe that we live, going from that airport to that airport, bringing my body from A to B in 60 minutes, a peak traffic is impossible, right? So make a swift decision and focus my clear intention that I'm going to make it and calling in those empowered emotions that I would like to feel as opposed to quitting, thinking it doesn't make sense. The traffic, the 300 bucks, a taxi, the, the hotels that are already pre-booked, the people that are waiting uh, for you to do presentation, the PowerPoints that I made, and sitting there and focusing, this stuff works, bending time reality. So I'm guessing you made it there within the, the 60 minutes. I made it. Yeah, you have a choice to create your personal reality. When you have intention and clarity, you are a great futurist. It's open for everyone now. Uh, there's different domains in the space, you know. Are you uh, a space explorer? Are you destiny-driven? Uh, and then there's the space science. Are you discovery driven? And of course, there's challenge with space security, threat driven. There are debris flying around the, the orbit all the time. We, we got to take care of the pollution around our planet. Asteroids are around there. Who's paying the tax to, uh, to, uh, avoid an impact? And then the economics, production driven, space settlements, nanotechnology. Human genes driven. Uh, what about Earth sustainability? Are you in this uh, domain, uh, you know, survival driven? Is it a necessity for us? 
I mean, you just touched on a whole bunch of different things that do need to come into play when we think about not just moving out into an interplanetary species, but even just if we stay as a single planetary species. One thing I did want to touch on, though, I, I want to make sure I remember to bring up this because you mentioned it before, and I think we skipped over it too fast. You mentioned that you are in the process of applying to become a non-astronaut going out into space. I want to hear the story behind that. What drove that and what's the process involved? Like if other people listening are like, wow, that sounds cool. Is it something we can all apply to do or is it uh, something only available to the select few? How does, how does that all work? I said, I played this scenario and these are the, the message I got and I took action on it and I attracted and I created this personal reality of this opportunity. How did you do that? The, the visualization process you were talking about at the beginning of, of visualizing I have a passion for space. I can talk 24 hours about space. Jeff Bezos shows up in my dreams, colorful dream, you know, almost flirty, like actually the dream, but rainbow and everything. So I'm happy that the color was not doomsday. The, the color was exactly how I would like to see the future and how I would like to contribute to the future. Boom, one week later, an email shows up. You get the opportunity to meet him. So I, I like to be... Be pure, be open, be curious at heart and stay open, willing to put your mind on the lead mode because we don't need to know. All we need is a strong vision, great access to people that share the same values, beliefs uh, about abundant futures and the opportunities that will unfold if you trust the path. I'm curious, like in your journey as you are meeting more people involved in, in space and scientists and CEOs and all of this, how many of them have you found have a similar view of creating intention, visualization, meditation? How many of them are you finding are on a similar path of that versus those who are very head logical driven compared to being more full embodied? That's right. We need a high level of competency. I just have a, a businesswoman. I don't have a PhD. All I care is results and make an impact. Uh, space and the world is open, as you say. To anyone can be anytime with anyone anywhere and you just make sure that you spend time with people that are driven towards a high ceiling high outlook and vision and you join the rocket or you stay on the slow train and you'll be consuming it i'd rather spend the time in the on the production and contribution time contribution definitely if we don't get into space we are already multiplanetary. 360 days a year, someone is always out there. Are we multiplanetary though? Because they're not necessarily on a planet. They're in the space station. They're not necessarily on a planet yet. We made it to the moon. Last Saturday, we uh, sent an insight to Mars. We'll explore their life. There's a lot of things happening. And what we have not, obviously, Different life intelligence. We are always awareness driven, always. Also, you know, if you understand, if you study the universe, like the planet is tiny. We have so many planet like planets. And every time you look up the stars, there's around that star, there's so many planets around it. Also, uh, the urge to find intelligent life, which I'm sure is there, but we are not interesting enough for them. It's the interesting question, right? The Drake equation, which uh, I'm, I'm guessing you're familiar with. For those listening, if you're not familiar with the Drake equation, it is an equation which is designed to determine 
just how common intelligent life is in the universe. And one of the biggest, uh, over the years, there were these just placeholders that over the years we've started to be able to measure and discover the numbers to fill in the blanks. But there still is one big blank that we have to just assume right now, which is how common is uh, life and how common is intelligent life. You know, that's going to be a, that's a big, interesting one. Like, I'm with you. Like, I want to believe, as, as Mulder would say in X-Files, right? I want to believe that there is intelligent life out there. I, I don't know. We don't have that data. I'm a, I'm a data-driven guy and we don't have that data to fill in those blanks yet. Like, Einstein didn't have the data and technology to prove his theory. 100 years. Have some patience. <laughs> it may or may not happen in, in yours and my lifetime, but I'm okay with that as long as we're headed in the right direction and... Um, we as a society and humanity can choose to create a future that is for the betterment of mankind and not necessarily to our detriment. When you project out in your mind to, let's say, fairly close, like 20 years from now, what do you think life's going to be like in 20 years from now? What will we have achieved? What will be different? I personally, what I have achieved? You personally, but I'm thinking more society-wise as well. Like, What do you think we as a society will have achieved as humanity? Will, will we be, 20 years from now, will we be on other planets? technology that has changed? Uh, what parts of society do you think are going to be different in 20 years' time, based on what you know? Socially, technologically, uh, economically, energy-wise, politically, everything's going to be totally different, absolutely different. In five years' time, we're going to fly Uber, taxis. The cars will be obsolete because uh, flying cars will be way more uh, making more sense than First of all, owning cars, it will be completely dematerialized when flying tires are going to be obviously more affordable and easier accessible. The education also, it, just everything will change and I would like to see it really, really uh, prosperous. Yeah, well, I think education needs to become far more personalized and there's definitely trends showing that that's happening and the rise of AI is definitely helping with creating a more personalized. I'm interested on the flying car. I agree 100% with the idea of car ownership and Uber. I mean, Elon Musk, though, he's thinking of people owning the, the car and then being able to put it in the fleet. But I'm not so sure whether long-term that's going to be... That might be a transition phase, but I don't know if long-term that's going to still fly. But a flying car, I'm interested here of what benefit do you think flying car brings to our current society over what we have with a driving car on the road? Fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun and uh, easy accessibility and obviously uh, the area of petroleum over. I remember this is something that Elon Musk mentioned when he was launching the Boring Company. I I'm okay with there being tunnels under the, under the ground and potentially vehicles going all underneath me kilometers down. Uh, I'm a little less happy about a big chunk of machinery, like more than just a few planes, you know, like huge chunks of machinery flying over my head and something might go wrong and it comes flying down. I don't know. That's, that to me, like, I agree. I think the idea of flying cars is fascinating, but the practicalities of it to me, I'm not sure. I, I haven't done enough research to know, but the practicalities create concerns of whether the market, as a marketer, right, whether the market would actually accept it. Because that's a big thing. When I think about the future, technologically, there's some amazing things that are possible. But as a marketer and someone who's very big into psychology of the market, at the end of the day, the market has to accept it. Google Glass is a perfect example of that. Google Glass was amazing technology, but the market, society, rejected it because you know they weren't ready for it. 
and or it wasn't quite ready. And so that's the thing. I, I don't know where the flying cars, the market will accept it. It's going to happen. It's already happened. There's actually currently a conference with a, uh, I forgot the name of the CEO of Uber. He's doing his numbers. It's way more affordable. And when that happens, five years time. I mean, the drones are everywhere already, right? It's just a matter of political and uh, regulation is uh, slowing things Which down. always slows things down. Yeah. But uh, nothing is impossible. I, I agree with that. Nothing is impossible. Going as far as uh, immortality, you know, what's happening with biotechnology and nanotechnology, we can 3D print organs. You know, if you come into the creation, they recently, last week, scientists cloned mice without eggs. You know, that's come, would you do it? If your child has a terminal disease, would you do it? Would you clone an organ? Of course you would, right? Leadership requires high level of competency, ethics, and regulations and laws. The biggest part is really a lot of it's going to come down to ethics and morality. And, and because they're such fluid things, that's a, that's a challenging concept for me of, of how that's going to land because ethics and morality constantly changes. But I, I agree, like the technology is becoming so incredible that it can do amazing things, but it's also able to do such powerful damage uh, if in the wrong hands, and how do we control that and and create the right ethics and, and morals around it? That's why you take great care of yourself, of your inner space, with an open heart and mind. Do good, and you always know if you are not doing good. You know if you do the work or if you take shortcuts. You know if you make a difference or if you're taking. You know it. Life is lukewarm if you don't have a vision. What do we do about, then about you know the the idea that everyone knows whether they're doing something good? I, I think that most people who have done some of the biggest atrocities in the world believe they were doing the right thing in their mind. They would they didn't see it as a bad thing. Uh, I mean, there might be some situations, but I think the leaders didn't. Some of that comes down to how their their brains work. Uh, you think about sociopaths and, and psychopaths. That's just how they're wired. They've got a different emotional connection. I don't know. Like that's one of the things that worries me about this. Is like, well, we can do our inner work. But as a society and humanity, we are more than just one person. We are many people. It's those that I think that when I think about the future, what what concern me is not the technology, not the people like you and me with our heart in the right place. Is 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 those people that think they're doing the right thing, but their views and how their morals and ethics differ from what you and I might agree. You know, humanity is smart. It will wash out anything that is untrue. You know, it'll wash it out. I mean, there's only two choices, you know, creating the future, you know, and in fear or love, universal laws, trusting, fully trusting that we, we can share this space together for decades to come. Like if you love humanity so much, coaches, what are you doing today? What problems are you solving beyond overcoming your own stories and storytelling? All great, but. Take on a global global challenge. Solve that. That's how you help humanity. Okay, you do, you don't have to help a billion people. Just do something good every day. I think that's not just true of coaches. That's that should be a mantra for for everyone to live by. Of how can I do something good today for somebody else and for my community and ideally humanity in the process. Right, doing the ripple effects. You help one person. You are continuing that ripple effect of that. Takes only one person. Always. This path of leadership requires 
to uh, let go a lot of old beliefs, things, and people. I prefer to travel very, very light. Uh, if you truly want to lead humanity forwards, you have to kind of protect yourself and say a lot of times no, more no than yes. Like walking in the desert, you are the only one that sees the Fata Morgana. You are going to be lonely. You're going to be thirsty. How badly do you want it? <laughs> Absolutely. How badly do you want to create change by cre changing yourself first? You shine the light. You do so little. People will feel you, will see you. Just don't worry about, you know, being seen. Focus on making a difference. This has been absolutely fascinating conversation. My final question for you, and I think I already know the answer based on the, the style of, of your answers to all these other questions. But when you think to the future of humanity, are you optimistic or are you pessimistic? Abundant. Abundant. For those that do good, we honor our ancestral multi-generations that path the way for us, where we are at. Where are we now? What can we do? Why? Just keep asking, be curious and trust the path will unfold. And spend time only with people that shed the light on you, that support you. Not everyone wants to go this path. I don't blame you. It can be lonely. No one, you don't need permission from anyone when you have an idea and your vision board. All good. Make sure you implement it by taking small milestones. Pick up the phone, put it on paper, read that book, attend that conference, and keep moving humanity forwards. On that note, uh, we'll finish up. For those who want to connect with you further or to you know find out more from you or, or reach out to you about something, what's the best way for them to find you? Social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, if you're a space enthusiast, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, I only accept people that share the same space. <laughs> Longevity, entrepreneurship and space. Awesome. Very good. Well, we'll have links in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, you can visit foh.show and you'll be able to find those in the show notes. Thank you so much, Yen. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you do in the space of the future of humanity. And I'm sure this won't be the last conversation that we have. So we have one project coming now at the European Space Agency where they asked us to work 24 hours to solve one challenge, a human mission to travel multiplanetary or avoiding an asteroid impact. Those projects and uh, several other projects I'll just follow me on the social media and it will be great fun and an honor to share space with you. Thank you so much, Carl. Pleasure. So great. Thanks for listening to the Future of Humanity podcast. To download the latest episode and find the transcript and various resources mentioned in today's episode, visit our website at foh.show. That's F-O-H as in Future of Humanity and show as in S-H-O-W. Uh, you can also, via our website, contact me with any feedback or suggestions for future episodes. So please do reach out. Now, if you haven't already subscribed, you can find the links to subscribe on all your favorite platforms at foh.show 
slash subscribe. That's F-O-H dot show slash subscribe. And more importantly, if you'd like to continue the conversation from today's episode and connect with other listeners, then you can join our free community at F-O-H dot show slash community. F-O-H dot show slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.